Hello, this is the allthingshaunted.net podcast, and we are inside the Queen Mary, and we are checking in right now to a special event at the Queen Mary, the haunted Queen Mary. We are getting wristbands because it is a special event. They gave us um, a ticket for a free drink, and we get to have, uh, they have food and stuff, and champagne, and sodas and it's all very fancy we're at we're at the event and we're mingling with different people and we ran into photographer mike wada and mike wada is a professional photographer you could find him at uh, michaelwada.us okay we're gonna get a together with our group we have to get the other members of the All Things Haunted team ready because we're about to go on a tour inside the Queen Mary of the haunted room and this haunted room will be available for you to stay overnight like a regular hotel room A little before everyone came, he felt dizzy, and that every time he goes in there, he gets vertigo. I was like, oh, hello. Well, welcome. Okay, let's, uh, let's get out of this noise, and we'll, we'll head up, and we'll head up and down in the bowels of the ship. Follow me, everybody. Okay, we have just been summoned to go on the tour of the haunted room inside the Queen Mary, and we will, hopefully we will see a ghost in the haunted room of the Queen Mary. We are inside uh, the bowels of the Queen Mary Hotel. We are about to go upstairs. This stairway is probably 100 or more years old. And we are following the guy, the guide to our haunted tour. We are. You can see all the old doors and the old stairs. But it looks very nice inside the Queen Mary. Now we're, we're actually going into a, another hallway on the way to the, the scary haunted room inside the Queen Mary. Now we are inside a little lobby that has a giant picture that says sailing the world's oceans since eight, right, 1840. He said we're going inside the haunted elevator. Oh, we're waiting for the elevator. I'll go ahead and introduce myself officially. My name is Matthew Schultz. I'm the resident paranormal investigator aboard the ship, and I also host the paranormal investigation tours late nights, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And um, it's a real paranormal investigation 
we give my guests a little bit of education. We uh, put some tools in their hands. We get them dirty, get them investigating. And my goal is for everybody to go home with evidence to review and hopefully find something really awesome that they want to share with us. And I have hundreds of examples that have come from guests. We'll talk more when we get down below. Come on this way. Now we are going inside a super dark elevator. Oh, yeah. Gotta set the mood now. Creepy dark elevator. That's right. And it smell, smells like mold. So it's, a, it's as close as my guests get to uh, joining a paranormal investigation team without actually having to truly join one. And we do um, uh, experimentation. I teach protocol. The exact same things that we do on my investigations here and elsewhere as a paranormal investigator. Um, so it's a full experience and lasts about three and a half hours or so. So yeah, we go from about 11 to about three o'clock in the morning or so. People love investigating the ship in the middle of the night. So we regularly get, uh, uh, you know, between uh, 20 to 30 people on a regular basis every night. So it's very, very popular. Do you ever have kids on those tours? Well, we encourage guests to be 16 years old or older because it's meant to be an adult experience. Okay. Because we are dealing with truly trying to commune with spirits. We are leaving the pitch black well, elevator. Entertaining, but it's not an entertainment, if you understand the difference. And now we're, we we're in another pitch black hallway. And quite frankly, some of the kids are so much more receptive to what we do than the adults. It's quite shocking, to be honest Now we were going into an area that seems to be a lot of steel. And it's a like a bridge. So we're just walking through Target Ghost Legends tour. That's a daytime entertainment tour. Oh, you know, hold on one sec. You're fine here. I'm just going to go grab the little remote control I have. I just want to turn on. Okay, the guy just left us alone in the scary haunted <laughs> Queen's Mary. <laughs> he just ran away. And where'd he go? He disappeared. All right. Oh, feel free. To, okay. Should I, is it okay if I go? Okay. I don't want to. Yeah. We are safe now. Oh, he turned on some really neat lights. So follow me this way. It's really neat. It was lasers. And he explained what it all means. They're doing some major cleaning down here, as you can smell. So it's, <laughs> so it's all good. Now we're in boiler room number two. So that's actually boiler room number one, number two here. Yeah, no problem. I'm sorry. So this is uh, boiler room number two. So we have boiler room number three and four going this direction towards the back or the stern of the ship. There's actually five boiler rooms total. So we get to investigate boiler rooms one through four in the water softening plant. And then we get to go into the safe room right over here. This is the safe room. I'm gonna invite everybody in there and we're gonna tell you all about the safe room, what it's about, why we enjoy investigating it. I'm going to play some audio evidence that we've captured here on my tour, and uh, I'm going to introduce you to an experiment that my uh, guests go through during the tour, something that may allow us to hear spirit voices real time on the spot. So kind of a fun little uh, experiment that I think you'll get a kick out of. So follow me this way. Okay, now we were going to that room where he talks, talking about the spirit voices. It's a little doorway that looks kind of crazy, and whoa, he's got a lot of equipment in here. Come on in. So I did bring an assortment of equipment that we use in the field here, some fun things. 
we feel that spirits utilize energy to interact with us. That's the key word, energy. So we're always looking for anomalous energy spikes or anomalous environmental experiences that happen. So we have some instrumentation here that uh, can alert us of and has energy to it. It's something that we're definitely interested in. He's using he's using uh, static electricity yeah. to so activate. Triboelectric fields or static electricity fields. He has a device that measures temperature. Yeah, so it just alerts us of a three. So we got a thermometer here and a compass. So you know, basic stuff too is as well as the more exotic. Okay, he's, he's so. First of all, let's talk about EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. Um, that's the recording of a possible spirit voice on a recording device. And it's a voice you did not hear at the time that it was recorded, but you later discover it when you're playing your recordings back. Now let me ask, would it be better if we had the lights on in here for everybody? Normally we have it off for our investigations, but I see a lot of people are filming here. Would you prefer to have the lights on? Yes. Yeah. For me, I want dark, but. I want it dark too. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. okay, we'll go off then. I'll, I'll shut off the light. Okay. Do you want lights on or off? Off. All right. Now nobody can see. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, so um, we have a system here that may allow us to hear those elusive EVP almost immediately, real time, and be able to react to them. And it's all due to this awesome piece of equipment here. There's a whole variety of uh, ghost hunting materials and equipment this on the table. This is a piece of equipment that was created and designed to do this work. This is an, uh, a digital delay playback recorder. And um, how, we're, how it's going to be used tonight is we're going to record about 12 seconds of time. I'm going to ask a question. We're going to remain quiet for the rest of the time. And when the 12 seconds is up, it's going to play back and broadcast wirelessly, wirelessly through these headphones here. So we'll be able to listen to everything on a 12-second delay basis. So the idea is if we hear a word or something anomalous, it might be possibly an EVP or something uh, possibly paranormal. So we're listening to everything on a 12-second late basis. So I think everybody probably understands that. So uh, let me play a couple examples, because everybody wants to hear the spirit voices. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, I know you do the tours and you have groups, but do you ever practice by yourself doing the, finding, you know, ghost hunting by yourself? Uh, I usually never go by myself. It's usually a be it's best practice to go with somebody else. Uh, not only for safety reasons, but if you experience something, it's always nice to have somebody else experience it and validate it as well. But I'm down here all the time setting up equipment. Um, so in a way, I'm kind of investigating as I'm doing the work down here. I'm always listening, always calling out, talking to spirits, hoping that something will happen. Do you find things sometimes? On, very, on occasions, I do. I've had things uh, like clothing tugged. I've had on, uh, I used to have a, on this flashlight here, I used to have a little leash, you know, had it stuck in my back pocket, and I was just leaning over doing something, all of a sudden I felt my leash go, nice little tug. Things like that, anomalous voices that are heard at a distance, that type of thing. So, oh, neat. Yeah. But we experience those things all the time on my tours, all the time. I have so much evidence, so much data that I get from guests that come in on a constant basis. I'm spending at least six to eight hours a week taking in the material, editing it for them, archiving it. I never record during my tour. 
that takes me out of the fraud loop. Nobody can ever accuse me of creating material to sensationalize my tour, to promote it. Everything I have, for the most part, comes from my guest investigators, and I like it that way. So, all right, so let's, uh, this is a great example. I love this one. So we're in here just doing our EVP session using the EVP listing station. And I asked the last question of the night, do you have something you want to say to my friends? Do you have a message? And we got an answer through the silent time. We heard some whispering, so we boosted up the volume. And we got an answer, look at me. Just like that. And everybody started freaking out. I was, I was excited. <laughs> but uh, we've, I was excited because we've gotten lots of uh, recordings of spirits reaching out, wanting to be acknowledged. Can you see me? Can you hear me? I am here. That type of thing. So this falls right in line with what we've gotten in the past. And I love consistency uh, and evidence that kind of connects. So, all right. So let's go ahead and play that for you right here. Do you have a message that you'd like to give these people in the room here before we go? Do you have something you'd like to say? somebody else, a guest, sent in their version, their recording of it as well. And it's very difficult in this room to fake things, to fake whispers, because the first thing your neighbor does is, <laughs> why did you do that? In this intimate of, of setting, it's very difficult to do that kind of thing. So the next one is a cool one. This is, um, we have a spirit that sings down here, a female that sings. We think she might be a nurse during World War II. She may, may have helped take care of the prisoners of war during World War II. Um, and she's been known to sing. People have heard her sing, say she has the most beautiful singing voice you've ever heard. They don't want it to stop. And uh, some of my guests have heard it. Our security uh, crew have heard her sing before. So finally, we got a recording of it about uh, a year and a half ago. So I set everybody free to go do their investigation work. About five minutes later, a lady came back to me, and she handed her equipment immediately back and said, I'm done. I'm done for the night. You can have your equipment back. I was standing right over there, I got touched, I got pushed forward, I'm done. So I said, okay, fine. So I took the equipment, and she and her husband came walking right over here by this door. And back then there wasn't a pass that went into the next uh, boiler room, there was a solid wall there. So she just put her back up against the railing, and all of a sudden she heard right behind her head a female sing two notes. And then you'll hear her response to that. I'm giving you this back. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just like sitting there, standing talked to my guests about the singing lady until I got this evidence to present. So she knew nothing about our singing spirit. 
and I've played this recording to the people that have heard her sing extensively, and you look in their eyes when you play it, and you can just see them rerunning that whole experience all over again, and they tear up, and they say, God, that's exactly what she sounds like, you know? So they're like reliving the whole experience all over again. So really, I'm very, very happy to have that recording. Uh, how yes. did you draw the conclusion that she was a nurse? That's a good question. There have been um, psychic mediums aboard the ship that predate me that have done tours here. And that's their uh, feelings. And so I'm just taking their story and um, just incorporated it in the history of this possible spirit here. Um, I don't know for sure. Nobody knows for sure she's really a nurse. But I can tell you one thing. She has been heard. We think it we attributed to her. Uh, we've heard her down in uh, the former cargo hold area where they kept the prisoners of war. Heard her singing, hear her footsteps walking in there. Uh, she's been heard and known to be a spirit by some people for a long, long time. And unfortunately, we can't go down the former cargo hold any longer. But she has a history that goes back. So, um, a lot of, of course, what we deal with in the paranormal field is speculation because that's all we have. I'm not a psychic medium. I can't tell you exactly what's happening on the other side. Nobody can. Nobody can. So we're just doing the best we can. And you said you were touched before? I can't remember. Oh. Yeah, I've been touched. I've heard disembodied voices. Would, would you rather hear some more evidence, some more audio evidence rather than the EVPs? Okay, so let me just ask you, would you like to hear the EVP listening station, or would you like to um, uh, hear some more spirit voices? I'm going to leave it up to you. And what's the EV station? It allows us to hear um, uh, possible uh, EVP recorded live on the spot. Okay, okay, all right, okay. Then what we're going to do, I see, because of the timing, instead of using the headphones, we're going to use my speaker tonight. So right now we're going to try and capture live EVPs. And before coming here, by the way, I helped develop the paranormal program and coasted tours at the San Diego Wheelie House for about four years. So I have a broad experience and expertise in um, co hosting tours at uh, historical landmarks, which is my favorite place to hang out in. I just love it. Can love I ask it. you one thing? Yeah, of course um, you can. When you're recording what we perceive as a voice, mm -hmm. what do you feel it is? I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, that's a great question. What, you mean like scientifically, voice? or you mean like uh, yeah, scientifically? I mean, yeah. it's not a voice box. Presented. Yeah, like yeah, like is it sound, so. air or something like that forms into a voice? Yeah, or? that's a great question. Well, what is your Nobody knows. Question? Nobody knows for sure, right? Okay, we're all guessing. My personal feeling is there is science behind it. Let me tell you, I've experienced so much on this ship in terms of being touched, disembodied voices. Uh, recording EVP, I know there is something absolutely out there. I'm absolutely positive of it. But what is it exactly? I have no idea. I really can't tell anybody. But I think there is science behind it. And to be honest with you, I don't think we'll ever find it, find out what but it is. But your devices are picking something. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to tell, tell you that in just a second. Um, and I don't think we're meant to, by the way. Ultimately, I don't think we're meant to find out, and I have reasons for that that <laughs> goes beyond a half hour of time here. But, for example, I mentioned earlier that spirits use energy to interact with us. That's one thing that most paranormal investigators do agree upon at this point in our study. They could be creating electromagnetic, electromagnetic pulses. 
that work with the microphone. And those are things that we can't hear. We've done experimentation where we can create electromagnetic pulses that you can't hear and actually transfer vocalizations onto recorders. We can actually do that. So it is true, uh, it is true. it's true fact that you can do that. So that's one example of how a spirit might be able to do it. One of many different concepts. But ultimately we don't know, of course, because if we did, then no. Wouldn't be a mystery anymore, right? Okay. Does that answer your question? Kind of, sort of? Okay, yeah. People are very disappointed when I don't have all the answers for them. I noticed that on my tour. People come for answers on my tour, and they're disappointed when I don't have them. Yeah, but well, I'm, an honest, I'm an honest investigator. It wasn't so much that I thought you had the answers of the universe. Oh, no, 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 Yeah, no, I didn't, well, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. directing that to you. I was doing a macro statement of my guests yeah. and so forth, you know. I wish I had the answers, you know. All right, so hold on a sec here. Kind of wondering if after, when I go home to edit this podcast, if I'm going to find some. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, when people come and film on the ship and audio record the media, I always say go back and review your audio, even if you're recording video. Get those headphones on and listen, because people do pick up anomalous um, audio on their video recordings, which is great. People also ask me all the time, why is the Queen Mary haunted? You know, why, why, is there, why are spirits here? And I'll just tell you personally, for every spirit that's visiting the ship or haunting the ship, quote-unquote, they have their own reason for being here. A lot of what people suggest are reasons or cliches that you see on TV and from the movie. Most people get their education of the paranormal from TV, you know, and the movies, unfortunately. And, uh, but they have their own reasons for being here. And as you probably know from the ship's history, she was a celebrity unto herself. And a lot, I think a lot of people have a, a great emotional attachment to the ship, both as passengers and crew members. You don't have to have died at a place to haunt it. You don't have, you're not stuck there necessarily. I just want to bust some of those myths. Everybody has their own reason for haunting a place, in my opinion. All right, so let's do a little uh, test here. Just to give you an idea of how this system works. Test one, two, three, test one, two, three, hello, hello, hello. Test one, two, three, hello, hello, hello. Test one, two, three. So we're gonna record about 23 seconds. When I use the loudspeaker, we go 23. So it's 15 seconds, so we're hitting 23, very close, right about now. Test one, two, three, test one, two, three, hello, hello, hello. Test one. He's closing the door of the room we are in. No, it's pitch black again. The door labels a safe room. Oh, it really is a safe room. This room was built for the guests of the Ghosts and Legends tour. If there were ever an emergency and they couldn't go back up the elevator, they could come in here. There's an emergency call box back. So it really is a safe room. Yet, yet this is a weird spot. We've had what sounds like heel-toe footsteps on the ceiling, knocking on the side walls in the back. Uh, this room is built away from the platform over here, the uh, catwalk system. It's raised up on a platform in the middle of an island on top of a pit. It's impossible for anybody to physically hit the uh, side walls or knock on the back, yet we have it. And disembodied get-outs, really crazy things in here. Oh, yeah. That's, that's one of them, what I call the weird spots of the ship. We have several of them that have concentrated amounts of paranormal uh, activity and experiences. So, all right, so here we go. All right. 
I'd like to call out the spirit people that can hear my voice to join us in a chat. Got a very nice group of people here. They're here because they're interested in the uh, spirit people like yourself and the realm that you're at. So they'd like to learn a little bit about, a little more about you and about where you're from. So if you wouldn't mind talking into my hand tonight, you've seen the speaker system before, but tonight you want to talk into my hand. Talk as loud as you can. We'd like to know if there's anybody here. We'd like to invite uh, John Petter, uh, the lady that sings, anybody else that might be here with us. Is there anybody here with us in spirit form that would like to say hello? Is there anybody here with us in spirit form that would like to say hello? speaker I have to stop and start in between questions or else we get a feedback. Is that normal to me? Uh, yeah. There's lots of mechanical environmental noises out there. Yeah. Just just Unless you see my eyes go boing. It's just all of a sudden yeah. you ask for something and all of a sudden it's oh. bang. Yeah. I'm so used yeah. to those things. Yeah, I forget that other people hear and wonder. Would somebody be able to tell us the name of the ship we're aboard, please? Would somebody be able to tell us the name of the ship we're aboard, please? When we use this system during investigation work, we plug in earbuds. We don't have to stop and start. We just let it run continuously. And once you get used to the delay and asking questions, it's a beautiful thing. It's my favorite piece of equipment of all time for investigation work. We're aboard the Queen what? We're aboard the Queen. You heard it too, didn't you? Did you know it was a little bit? I heard it like a little bit. Two syllables. It did sound like that. Something like that. That's what I heard. Where did it, you hear Where did you hear it come from? It sounded like it was over here somewhere. I'm just. Yeah. All I heard was like a. Okay, so I wanted to talk about it before we replay to see if it, you know, if we can back it up here. So let's, let's see if we can. What? Is that it? That's well, what it, sounded almost, yeah. it sounded almost like that thing back there. That it did, but it, okay. 
mixed in with that noise, maybe? Like, like if what I heard, the queen, what? If what I heard required, it would require some earphones to pick it up. I just thought I heard a, like a whistle, and we've mm -hmm. gotten this recently, but louder. I mean, it's like a whistly thing. I don't know if that was somebody's nose or, but you know. So. <laughs> Never know. Possibly. Somebody being scared. That's about it. It's not it. Oh, bummer. Can I have uh, two minutes? Sure. Okay. All right. So what I want to do is I want to play one last piece of evidence. It's so awesome. Back in the day before they closed everything up to do some renovation work, I had three chairs, three folding chairs back here that I kind of reserve for ladies like I do the um, bench there. So that night we had three ladies sitting there right on the chairs. And I asked the last question of the night using the system. I asked, do you have, have something to say? Do you want to say something to my friends? They'd like to hear from you. All of a sudden, you start hearing knocking noise right above the ladies' heads in the uh, rhythm of a heartbeat. And I invite you all to take a look and see what's on the other side here. You'll see it's nothing. Um, so I go running out the door to check out what's happening. I look, of course, you know what was there, nothing. Well, while I was out, everybody in the room heard a male voice emanate from right here saying, get out, get out. And I was totally oblivious to what had just happened as I came back in. So let me go ahead and play that real quickly here. This is one of my, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened in here and one of the top 10 strangest things ever you know, these people would love to hear from you. Do you have some kind of message or something that you'd like to say to them before we go? So we're all looking at each other going, what the hell? So I get up. I go out. You know, these people would love to hear from you. This is the repeat. Do you have some kind of message or something that you'd like to say to them before we go? This is the rewind. Here it comes. Right now. about that for the next five hours. So that was probably one of the more robust experiences that uh, we've had in here. So very, very exciting stuff. All right, so I know it's our time to skedaddle. So just trying to figure, oh, there's my glasses. When he said get out, did you guys get out? <laughs> you know, uh, we, were, we got so wrapped up in talking about it, we didn't. <laughs> just go ahead and give it a good call. So you indirectly my, my said no. My feeling is this is a shared environment for us and the spirit, so oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna quit that easy. Come on now. Okay, we're leaving the safe room where we heard all the evidence of the EVPs. We're back in the big giant steel boiler rooms waiting for the tour guide to come back out again. And uh not sure what's coming up next, but we we did have a tour. Oh, I wish I had an hour with you guys. So the tours that go on at night, yes. they're like three hours long. They're about three hours plus. We don't have a time clock, really. So whenever they're done, they're done. When the management goes to sleep, we go to play. <laughs> but it's around three to three hours. The time goes by so quickly, people are astonished. The, uh, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning. Sunday nights, yes, because they don't have to go to work the next day and they're usually on vacation. 
Friday and Saturdays, that's when we get most of the people from outside the ship from the community coming in. Yeah. And what is it that you do, you were saying in this wall? This, this wall, this sorry? This wall that you referred to as we came by. This wall, and I can see the laser isn't spread out, I need to readjust it, but it puts a fine laser grid across the wall. And the concept is, is that if there's a spirit energy that we can see, whether it be uh, a, uh, a shadow figure or a possible um, distortion light, we might be able to see it pass by. So that's, that's what we're looking for, is looking for a shadow figure or some kind of major disturbance or distortion in the light that might be paranormal energy. So we have a couple of these set out throughout the uh, set up throughout the uh, darker parts of the boiler room system. So it was a popular experiment that was introduced on television several years ago that people really enjoy uh, just watching while they're recording audio and such. So he this just is called the laser grid experiment, but this one is uh, uh, much bigger than the one that you usually see on the TV shows if you watch those. He was talking about a laser grid uh, display on the wall of the boiler room in case you want to try and see anything floating, be floating across the boiler room. They use lasers to try and capture the image, and that's what he was talking about right now. We're going to... to be down here because it's visually interesting looking it is active except the elevator so now so we're we are trapped inside the boiler room um, so we usually visit the engine room boiler room system and when it's open the pool area but we also visit part of the hospital system the isolation ward the uh, wheelhouse and the salons if they're available to us and the whole ships, people always ask me, what, Matt, what's the most haunted part of the ship? And my answer always is, the ship. From stern to bow, top to bottom, we get reports all the time from everywhere. All the time. So, really go anywhere. And, uh, okay, the spirits are allowing us to go up in the elevator. Okay. I'm just wondering. Just making sure you're okay. Well, yeah. Okay, now we're going back into the pitch black elevator. <laughs> I've heard stories from people who work here about cigar, cigar smells mm -hmm. and baby cries. Yep. Do you have? You're going to be hearing that on one of your experiences. Uh -huh. Yeah. There's more. Yeah, we have a haunted third-class nursery area. Sense of cigar smoke, sweet tobacco has been smelled quite a bit down in the bowels of ship, as well as in the uh, uh, Winston Churchill suite. Probably get all the details in a little bit on that. But I consider the ship to be a paranormal laboratory. We've learned so much from this ship. You can have an experience anytime, night, day. Lights on, lights off. All circumstances can gift us an experience. We are about to uh, exit the elevator and go on to our next next thing that's going on. 
we were go- we were walking in a bright cu- bright lit hallway, and we were following one of our uh, Queen Mary employees who's wearing a captain's uniform. Okay, we're going into one of the hotel rooms right now. You sure you want to do this? I'm not really sure, but I'll do it. <laughs> so we got we got people filming in here. And this is an actual hotel room. Very nice, sweet hotel room. Come in, make yourselves at home. Speaking on behalf of myself and those unseen. So we're in a nice hotel room. And then we'll close the door. It's got a couch, a table, a, a nice size bed. Looks very clean. You could see outside the windows, those round ship kind of windows it's got a sony tv in here in here so welcome to b340 um this cabin has not seen daylight much in the way of anyone staying in it since the mid-1980s um we stopped using the cabin because so many hotel guests uh, were reporting to the front desk that lights were turning on and off by themselves, that the water in the restroom there would turn on and on by itself, on and off by itself. And uh, one lady uh, that was a housekeeper came in and made the bed, which was on this side of the room in those days. And uh, she had cleaned the cabin thoroughly and uh, had gone out in the alleyway to get some towels to put in the bathroom. And she came back in and her freshly made bed was all wadded up in the floor at the foot of the bed. And so uh, it was at that point that they decided to stop renting the cabin to the public, and for a number of years it was an office. But finally, for at least 20 years, it was nothing at all. It was just an empty room. And when we started to, to find more and more interest in the paranormal activity in the Queen Mary, we decided to bring our guided tours in here. Um, so if you, I think we'll probably want to close the door. Yeah, You can stay, but you just have to close the door. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Okay, now we are trapped in the hotel yeah, room. We are definitely trapped. I brought one person in here saying, I don't know who was creepier, the Commodore or the cabin, but <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. Um, but uh, in the glory days of the Queen Mary service at sea, there was one occasion here where a lady passenger had turned in for the evening and was awoken a short time later uh, with a man standing at the foot of her bed dressed in a dark suit or uniform and he had pulled the covers off of her. She quickly reached for the steward's button next to her bed. The steward rushed in, whose pantry was close by, and she said, did you see him? Did you see the man that was in my cabin? And he said, madam, I've been here all the time. No one has been in your cabin. And so maybe that uh, there's something about the Mary in her sailing days as well. And I really believe they do, there was. Um, <clears throat> I think that there is a, a certain soul in the Queen Mary that was spoken into her by King George V himself. On the day the ship was launched in 1934, he said, No longer will she be a name, a number on the books, but a ship with a name in the world, alive with beauty, energy, and strength. And today we have the happy task of sending forth on her way the stateliest ship now in being. And also that day, a well-known English psychic, Lady Mabel Fortescue Harrison, spoke. And uh, she said, most of us will be gone when this takes place, including myself. 
She said, but the ship launched today called Queen Mary will know her greatest fame and popularity when she never sails another mile or carries another fare-paying passenger. And since opening to the public in 1971, this vessel has seen more than 50 million people walk across the gangways. To give you an idea, there were only 2.2 million passengers during the ship's days at sea. So why do we experience what we experience here? Well, who knows? Um, maybe as we go through our lives with so much human will, zeal, love, um, we try so hard at everything we do that when we go there's a reflection lying around. My experiences in this cabin over the years that is that I cannot come in here without having vertigo and I'm experiencing it right now. It happens to me religiously every time I come in here. And uh, as soon as I walk out the door and go either way in the alleyway, it will pass. But I also experience this in the pool and in the boiler rooms of the Queen Mary. So I think there is a lot of spiritual activity here. Uh, the psychic Kim Russo from the A&E channel, The Haunting Off, uh, had some very interesting observations in this room where she felt that someone had been trapped and perhaps tortured in this room. There's no way we can know what happened in this cabin throughout the ship's life, especially in World War II, because those records were never kept. Um, I can tell you that when the ship was operating in the Red Sea, that the heat inside the vessel was between 100 and 110 degrees. A vessel with 24 boilers down below, steaming at 700 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, working at full speed, that heat is permeating the ship. The Red Sea being landlocked, the windows painted shut because a cigarette can be seen a mile at sea at night. People were dying from heat exhaustion in the ship. And a lot of the German POWs, especially, that were not far from here, just up in the cargo hold, would succumb to heat exhaustion. And also geographically, this area of B, uh, of B deck is uh, very close to the pool. And the dressing rooms in the first class pool are supposed to be a vortex to another universe. Now, not being a paranormalist, I have never experienced that. I can tell you this about the dressing rooms. On the weekend of the 31st of May, 2011, a friend of mine came down and celebrated with my wife and a lot of other people that weekend, the 75th anniversary of the Queen Mary's maiden voyage. And while we're walking through the dressing rooms in the, uh, in the pool, my friend has a, a very nice camera as he works for E! Television, and he's walking ahead of us, and he goes, oh, and then sort of keels over a bit. And he said, I need to go check my blood sugar. So he left, and he calls me a little bit later. He said, you've got to see this. The iris of his camera had captured a figure as tall as I am, walk out of a solid wall, turn toward him, and walk toward him. And when he got to the camera, everything goes dark. You hear my friend grunt, and then you can see through the camera again. So whatever this spirit was, walked right through us. I can tell you that in the pool, uh, a night steward uh, that used to like to get off of his watch around 2, 3 in the morning would go into the sauna adjacent to the pool. And in those days, you had these little cubicles you would sit in and take a personal sauna. And they found him one morning in there that where he'd had a stroke and died. And he was in a very well-done condition. Um, other ghost hauntings in the Queen Mary, certainly, um, are the uh, fellow that crushed in watertight door 13. Um, you know, and I don't think spirits are... I don't think spirits are, are, uh, stay in any one place. Certainly, they're able to move freely throughout the vessel. Um, but he was crushed. I believe that myself, he was murdered in the watertight door. The incident happened only three voyages after the most serious strike 
that had ever affected the British Merchant Navy. Every ship in the Merchant Navy was crippled. In fact, that strike would end up being the straw that broke the camel's back with Cunard and their ability to operate the Queen Mary. And after that, it would be sold shortly. But uh, this fellow replaced a crewman that uh, didn't make it through the strike. And it is my assumption that some faithful Union members may have held him in the door to make an example out of him. So we've talked about a lot of death in the ship, maybe 50-some-odd deaths during the ship's peaceful days, the unknown deaths of the soldiers and the prisoners of war during World War II. But at the same time, like any other piece of real estate, there were babies born in the ship. So a lot of condensed life has been lived here. And why we notice what we notice here in this cabin, um, I don't know. But I'd like to turn the lights off and uh, allow everyone, is, is, is everyone good with that? Yeah, yeah just uh, hit the lights and, and uh, just uh, allow yourselves to, to maybe view another avenue that we don't normally look at. For anyone so inclined, there's a crystal ball, a Ouija board, some tarot cards here. If you're inclined to want to use them, they're here for your enjoyment. But, uh, and uh, see what you feel. You can turn the other light off as well, so it'll be completely dark in here. Does anyone feel any vertigo or dizziness at all? Not really. No? no? The last group did, um, but we're all different. We're all I wired different. I the ship is level since I got on it. Well, um, this cabin, you are experiencing what is called a shear to deck. Um, as the, the deck plating goes toward the bows, it starts to cant upward, and the entire ship is sort of shaped like a banana. And it gives the, the hull a greater flexibility as it has to hog and sag over ocean waves that can be as high as 60, 65 feet. Um, I can tell you this far forward in the ship, uh, a passenger in a rough sea would be experiencing a good deal of discomfort if they weren't used to the ways of the sea. Because this far forward, um, if there's a big ground swell <coughs> or a big uh, waves blown up by the wind, she will be pitching like an eight-story building. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell you that there's probably been a lot of seasick people in this cabin. Um, so we don't really know what's in here, but uh, we know there's something. And uh, I personally, out of all the cabins in this ship, and I've stayed here probably a thousand times over the past 37 years, I would never sleep in this cabin. I don't think I'd be able to sleep in here. Um, it's just, it's too it's too uncomfortable for me. I so, have a question. Yes. There's a flat screen TV here which suggests that someone spends a good deal of time here. Well, the flat screen TV is here, of course, for the benefit of our future hotel guest. Oh. Yes, um, this room has not been rented since the mid-80s, but we have just refitted it, recarpeted it, um, we have really brought it up to modern standards uh, because we want it to be as comfortable as it can be. Um, but I don't think it took away anything from its haunted pedigree. So you um, will be actually renting it out to guests? It will be rented out okay. to guests. And uh, just, it's been online now five days and we have 40 bookings for the cabin at $599. Um, I was wow. in this room a year ago. And it's incredible how it's different it looks. It's yeah. vastly <laughs> different, isn't it? It's um, beautiful. I had actually been in here a couple of times in its previous incarnation, and it was just this creepy, gutted, nasty, like it looked like a crime scene. It, <laughs> it, I, it may have been a crime scene. We don't know. Yeah. 
Does the price change based on um, how many people want it? I think the price was dictated by the uniqueness of the cabin and uh, the the um, the allure of such a cabin with this pedigree of being haunted, because the paranormal world is, is more active. Or the love of the paranormal world is more active now than ever before. Um, we as human beings are fascinated with the unknown, and certainly there is a lot of unknown here in the ship. I've I've had a lot of personal experiences in the ship myself. Um, I first had a, par a paranormal encounter in the boiler rooms around 1985 where I was showing two VIPs uh, along the bottom of the ship all the way to the collision bulkhead in the bows and I was talking to them how the Queen Mary uh, explained to them that the Queen Mary had uh, sliced a Royal Naval cruiser in half in 1942 and killed 338 men and I was telling my story I began to hear breathing from the other side of the bulkhead and uh, I thought I was hearing things at first. I'd never experienced anything strange at all ever in the ship, and I'd been here over five years at that time. And um, it, the, the breathing became more audible and more audible, and then finally I could feel it going down the back of my neck. And at that point I stopped speaking and I looked at my guests and I could see in their eyes that they were understanding what was taking place, or at least hearing it. And you should have seen three adults clamber up 12 decks and sit on a bench under a lifeboat and wonder what had just happened to them. Mm -hmm. You can't explain something like that when, you, when it happens to you. The mm -hmm. feeling is from the inside out. You may hear it with your natural body, but you hear it with your spirit. And uh, I've heard the breathing since in the boiler rooms. Uh, they touch you. I've, I've, uh, I've been touched numerous times in different areas of the ship. Once in this gentleman's grand salon while we were serving Sunday brunch, um, someone touched me on the backside and I turned around to see who my admiring guest was and there was nobody within 20 feet of me. And the same thing happened to me about six weeks after that, after I had left the grand salon and got in an elevator to go down to my office by myself. On the 31st of... Uh, May 2011, the same weekend that my friend filmed the ghost in the pool. Um, my wife and I had spent three nights in cabin M001 and for the celebration and the third day she gets up early and goes for coffee. I didn't feel well so I didn't get up. And uh, she says, uh, I'll be right back. And I said, okay, put two shots of espresso in mine. And no sooner than she left, the bed shook just momentarily. I thought we'd had a small earthquake because the ship is floating. It will jostle a little bit in the, in the lagoon here. The, the, the gangways vibrate on the ship. And I could see my uniforms hanging in the cabin, but nothing in the cabin was moved. And as soon as I, lay, I raised up, well, all was still. And when I say that, you notice these things a lot of times, bef just seconds before they happen. It occurred to me that something unusual was occurring and I laid back down on the bed and I put my head on the pillow and immediately in my left ear I heard a young lady say, it's so cold. I'm so very, very cold. And I was absolutely wide awake after that. <laughs> and to add to that story, about three months later, uh, maybe, or two months later, maybe July or August, the lady that ran the Scottish Heritage Shop, Marge Rankin, came to me in the main hall and she said, oh Commodore, can you help me? There's a lady in my shop that's complaining her mother's downstairs in a cabin freezing to death and she said could you help me get the air conditioning turned off and I said sure what cabin is it she said M001 so um, but I've stayed there since I stayed there a New Year's a couple of New Year's ago and I slept like a rock so you don't know they don't haunt on demand but there's a presence here in the Queen Mary 
Um, truly a ship with a soul. And I spent a lot of time with her last captain and actually many of her crew, but especially the last captain of the Queen Mary, Treasure Jones. And he was adamant in his affection for the Queen Mary where he said she has personality, she has character, but above all, she's the closest thing to a living being that I have ever commanded and you only need to will her to do something. And so um, there's a lot of life here, seen and unseen. Does anyone have any questions? Yeah, so you were never scared away of working here because you've been here for so long that you, you actually uh, seem to have a passion for the place. I fell in love with the Queen Mary when I was three years old. She was still at sea then, and her sister, the Queen Elizabeth. And I learned of the ships through my dad, uh, who had been a Navy man uh, when he was young. And he used to draw ships for me. And sometimes it was the Queen Mary, sometimes it was the Queen Elizabeth. But those seeds of love grew in me. And uh, when the ships were taken out of service in the mid-60s, I learned about it in school through my weekly readers. And uh, I made it my, my will to come to one or the other of the ships. The Queen Elizabeth was destroyed before I saw her. So, but my dad, um, saving some money, brought me here in 1980. And then... Uh, just a couple months later, after going back to Alabama, where I was raised, resigned his job with the Postal Service after 30 years, pulled his retirement in cash, and we moved here, and I started to work here. So my love of the Queen Mary is, is pure, and it is complete. And I hope to finish my last day here. Someone recently asked me when I was going to retire. I said, well, when you see Forrest Long pull up alongside, you'll know I'm finished. <laughs> and I mean that. Why would you want to leave something you love so much? So, no, I'm not afraid. I have times when I get spooked, like I would not like to come in this room by myself. I would not like to walk through Shaft Alley by myself, although my office is just one deck above on F deck. Where's Shaft um, Alley? Shaft Alley is uh, where the propeller shafts go uh, from the engineering spaces into the uh, propeller bossings uh, in the tail shafts where they go out into the water. And in those areas of Shaft Alley, you can actually see the propeller shafts. And the watertight door that the engineer was crushed in is right there. And it's an uneasy feeling to walk through it. And I, there are certain areas of the ship I won't go by myself. It's, it's, I, I get wigged out. I've been in my office on F deck in the middle of the night, and uh, I've heard somebody scraping on the wall outside and open the door, and there's no one there. I mean, was it a housekeeper walking by? Was it a random tourist that was exploring on their own? You don't know, but if I stay down there, I can easily freak myself out. <laughs> <laughs> So I try to keep myself, uh, myself, myself. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourselves? <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, Howard, Marilyn, they're my friends. <laughs> Just kidding. Does anyone else have any questions? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyone else have any questions? How are we doing on time? Do we turn the lights on? Back to reality? About five, six minutes. Five or six minutes. Has anyone felt any sort of inkling at all? You know, I, I noticed when you were asking about the vertigo, I didn't feel vertigo, but I felt kind of like a, a pull, very slight, and now it's completely gone. Like, I don't have that feeling anymore, so I don't know what that was. You know, it wasn't vertigo. It was just yeah. a, a little bit of a, like a gravity pull mm -hmm. to the left. So I don't know what that Well, was. I experienced that walking down the alleyways sometime. Um, I'm walking straight, and... I will just veer to one side or the other. Uh, it's almost uncontrollable. Um, 
I don't know if the flooring beneath the carpeting, which is probably original, which is a cork base, might have patterns worn in it from the ship rolling at sea because the Queen Mary was known as a roller. Uh, old Captain Jones, I asked him about the rolling one time. He says, well, she could roll from time to time. And then he took a sip of his Jim Beam and says, well, she could roll the milk out of tea. Um, but so it was a roller. Um, and I, I think there's a reflection of the ship's own soul here too. So, I mean, you know. I'm a romantic when it comes to the Queen Mary, and I choose to believe that she's a ship with a soul, and uh, that soul is very real to me. Could I ask one more thing? Sure. Um, I come from the haunted attractions industry, um, haunted houses, things like that, and I know that the Queen Mary has a big haunted attraction, so do, do those guys and girls that work there, do they ever complain about uh, paranormal things? Yes. They commonly talk about being touched, uh, feeling breath on them. Um, uh, one lady had scratches on her uh, that she thought was caused uh, during a paranormal tour. Um, whether or not, I, we have no way of knowing, of course. Um, so, but we have had people go on the uh, expanded, extended, haunted, uh, paranormal experience uh, with some of our psychics before and gotten down in the boiler room and been overcome and, and uh, fainted. But, uh, you know, um, I've never had a negative experience in the ship. I've had some creepy experiences in the ship. Um, something I didn't tell, too, is a lot of times at night you'll start walking through the lower areas of the ship in the boiler rooms, um, and you'll hear clanging, like somebody taking a wrench and hitting a pipe. Clang, 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 clang. And uh, when there's, you, I know there's nobody down there. I know there's nothing there that can make those sounds. Um, because those areas of the ship are, are closed. There's just no one there. Um, but, uh, and you know it too. As I said, you know it from the inside. You know that something. I actually had that experience once. I've, I've spent a lot of time on the ship. Um, near, near the front of the ship, that's the bow. Yes, ma'am. Um, there's a spot that I was taken through once when I was taking a tour where it, it goes down very, very deep. You can look down. Um, the cargo hold. Is it the cargo hold? Yes, ma'am. Um, and and we were told that there's no way to actually go down there. Um, and as the tour carried on, and my son and I hung out and were just kind of looking down there, fascinated by how deep it was, yes. we heard banging down there. Yes. And um, also the bosun's locker, which is just forward of the collision bulkhead where I heard the breathing. And there is no way down there, and you don't want to go down there. Um, I... <clears throat> I attempted to go down there about 25, 30 years ago, and I got almost to the bottom rung of the ladder, and uh, I, f I had the most overwhelming feeling of horror. And it was enough, I couldn't explain it, it was just enough that I, it freaked me out, and I climbed right back up the ladder. I wanted to go down there because I understand that you can see the damage where the Queen Mary actually uh, collided with the cruiser. It was repaired, but you can see where the damage had been and replaced, and I, I had a sort of clinical fascination to see that. Yeah. But uh, I've never made it down there, and at this point I doubt I will. <laughs> So, um, start turning on the lights. Oh, start turning on the lights. Okay. Last questions for oh. free. That was oh, <laughs> that happened in Scotland, didn't it? The collision? Um, it happened in the Irish Sea and the approaches to Scotland, okay. uh, between Scotland and Ireland. Because, uh, and you know, the Queen Mary traveled during the war unescorted because of her speed being her best safety measure, her best countermeasure was her speed. 
But uh, it takes four hours to speed the ship up or slow it down because it's operating on superheated steam. And you simply can't take 700 degrees out of the turbines too quickly or it will, they will contract or expand and, uh, and ruin them. So uh, they used to send a flotilla of destroyers with an anti-aircraft cruiser out to meet the ship. And on this occasion, HMS Curacao did not conform to the Queen Mary's zigzag. And the bow wave of the Queen Mary at speed is about 25 feet high. And it causes eddies along the side of the ship, which causes a vacuum. So when the cruiser was too close to the ship, she was drawn under the bows and then scraped along and split in half. Oh. And those, those gentlemen died. Uh, they were either crushed in the collision they could have been boiled when the steam of their boilers blew them up. Um, a lot of them were sucked into the Queen Mary's propellers. Others were drowned in burning oil. Um, it was a horrendous way to die. Were there any survivors? There were 101 survivors. Um, so uh, that, that was considered to be a very unlucky day, and in, in respects it was. But there was grace and good luck on that day and a, and a providence and that was is that if the Queen Mary struck the cruiser forward or aft of where it did it could have either ignited the magazines for the guns of the cruiser or the depth charges that they used to uh, fight against submarines had that happened it would have blown the first third of the ship off and she would have been lost with 10,000 troops and just so you know the Queen Mary and the Queen Elizabeth's contribution in the war effort helped win the war and Churchill's comments after the war was that the Queens challenged the furies of Hitlerism, and without their contributions, the final day of victory in Europe would have been unquestionably postponed. So, this is a very important ship. It's kind of hallowed ground. <laughs> All right, are we ready to get underway? Okay. Thank you. We are. Okay. Come on down. Thank you very much, Commodore. My pleasure. Thank you, Commodore. One more, please. Now we are leaving the haunted room, the haunted room with the Commodore of the Queen Mary, who has been here, I don't know exactly how long, but I think it was since 1980 or 85, 1985, some, somewhere since the 80s. And uh, he had a lot of information about the Queen Mary and a lot of experience. I felt the pressure in the front of my forehead. Yeah, I felt. Yeah, that's where it was like right here. Yeah, I think I felt that. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, it's nothing. Yeah. Until we all kind of collectively agreed, right? I know. I didn't drink any water today. Yeah, I was like, same. The holding area, Commodore. Oh yeah, just this way to the right. Okay, now now we're in a lightly brit light a lighted hallway. We're going back to the lobby. Yeah. all felt like the same thing. We had this like pressure headache like right in the front of our head. <laughs> you escaped Vince escaped. So next next with Daniel. Daniel. Perfect. So um one of our all things haunted team members uh, got lost. Maybe one of the ghosts that grabbed him and took him away. But we are reunited with him again today, uh, right now. And he's about to go into the state room, which is a haunted room at the Queen Mary that they are going to let the public rent and stay overnight. 
you, you guys have a YouTube channel, I heard. Yes. What, what is the name of it? Chloe IRL. Chloe IRL. What, what do you guys, uh, what's the content? Like haunted things and stuff? Um, it's a, typically a lifestyle channel, but on Saturdays I have Spooky Saturdays, which are spooky-based videos, scary videos, where I cover everything creepy. Movies, DIYs, and then during Halloween, we do the Halloween Spooktacular, too. So. Where we do at least 30 days of Halloween-themed videos. That's really cool. Um, our, our, this is a podcast, but we do it on a website called allthingshaunted.net. And we also uh, have a YouTube channel where uh, my partner does live videos. Oh. So, and so I'm the audio person and the other guy is the video. So. Oh, very cool. So we're, we're, we're all trying. Allthingshaunted.net. Yeah. Yeah, all, yeah. Oh, well, check it out. Very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, yes. Oh. So we just interviewed a, a YouTuber. And uh, I'm gonna go check out. We're, we're gonna go check out their YouTube channel when we go home. And, uh, we're just waiting. F- we're taking a little break here in the lobby, and we are uh, waiting for the next segment of the tour at the very scary Queen Mary. the The main reason for coming to this uh, special event is they have a room for rent for the public that you could stay overnight and it's it's a haunted room so if you want to get scared overnight stay in the state room at the queen mary in long beach sounds like we're getting ready to to start to, to the next station so the the lobby is filled with uh, media of all types video audio social media Peep, I see uh, a guy from the website horror buzz I think it's horrorbuzz.com And I see, I think, I think I see the sheriff from Ghost Town, but maybe, no, maybe that's not him. So we're get, we're still getting ready. We're getting ready to to go to the next piece of the event at Queen Mary, the legendary Queen Mary. like our group got smaller for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost one. We're trying to wrangle her back and then we're on, we're on the road. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, you were right. Our friend ended up in another group, yeah. but it's okay. He saw something different, so it worked out. <laughs> Good evening and welcome aboard the RMS Queen Mary. My name is Daniel. I'll be your tour guide tonight for your taste of the Haunted Encounters tour. Please follow me right this way. All right, we are going to do another tour at the Queen Mary. So as we are approaching the 82nd anniversary of the ship's maiden voyage, I'd like to point out to our guests that at this point, virtually every nook and cranny on board has some sort of ghost story connected to it. There is no safe place on board this ship. 
and that does include some of our bathrooms. A good example would be the ladies' room right here on A-Deck Forward. Ladies utilizing this restroom over the years have actually encountered what appears to be the ghost of a captain or a ship's officer inside this particular ladies' room. You may be wondering why we have a male apparition showing up inside the ladies' room, and we do have a rather simple explanation. The ladies' room was not always the ladies' room. It was the men's room originally. The men's room was the ladies' room. They switched them here in Long Beach. As for who this could be, many people believe it could be the spirit of Senior Second Officer William Eric Stark, who passed away on board the Queen Mary in 1949 after accidentally drinking tetrachloride. Dry cleaning fluid. How do you accidentally drink dry cleaning fluid? I know. It had been stored in an old gin bottle and was not relabeled. Officer Stark thought he was having a drink of gin. It turned out to be tetrachloride. The next morning he was in a coma. Three days later he was dead. So that is how you wind up drinking tetrachloride on board the Queen Mary. Beware the gin. <laughs> this way. People, people be dying on the Queen Mary. It was in June of 2016, one of our security officers was making her rounds for the evening. She had just finished closing up the observation bar. She said that it was approximately quarter past two in the morning. When she entered the A-deck corridor here, she saw a little girl standing just a few paces away from here. She said that this little girl appeared to be approximately six to eight years old with curly blonde hair. She found it odd that a child of that age was left unattended in the middle of the hotel corridor in the middle of the night. So she started to walk toward the little girl to ask her if she was lost, needed help. She said that as she approached the little girl, raised her arms up as though she wanted to be picked up and then simply vanished. How many people have assumed that that may have been one of the most famous spirits that we have on board? Jackie. But Jackie tends to make her presence known near our first class swimming pool. That'll be our next destination. We are walking down a super long hallway that looks very nice from the old days when the Queen Mary was was uh, up and running. But it's it's the it's all the hallways that lead to uh, rooms and all kinds of stuff. But it's very nice and it's it's like brown shiny wood and real nice uh, rose rose carpet with decorations. And we're into a lobby now. And we're passing through a lobby. And you can hear 1940s music in the background. And we're about to go downstairs. There's a little kid ghost running by. Just kidding.
The first class swimming pool is probably the most asked about room on board this ship. The reason has to do with the amount of paranormal activity reported inside. Many psychic investigators believe that we have a vortex on board the Queen Mary. They say that it is located in the changing rooms of the first class swimming pool. Some psychic investigators have even claimed that this vortex, which they describe as a whirlpool of electromagnetic energy acting as a portal between our world and the next, has allowed anywhere from 300 to 600 spirits access to the Queen Mary. We've also had a number of reported sightings inside this room. Sightings of a woman in a white tennis skirt seen walking down the stairs at the forward end. She disappears behind one of the pillars on the lower deck. We've had sightings of a woman in a 1930s-style bathing suit appear at the edge of the swimming pool, dive into it, and vanish. Wet footprints have been known to materialize alongside our swimming pool. In April of 2010, while I was guiding one of our paranormal shipwalk tours, a guest pointed out what appeared to be wet footprints leading from the swimming pool back into the changing rooms and into one of the changing stalls where they simply stopped. I should also point out that our swimming pool has been drained now for just over 26 years. There's no water in it. This is also where Jackie does tend to make her presence known. When Jackie is seen inside the first class swimming pool, She's usually seen peeking out from behind the pillars or up and over the railing of the balcony. Sometimes she has been seen skipping, dancing inside the room. On other occasions, people have heard her laugh, sing, sometimes cry inside the room. And because Jackie does tend to make her presence known here at the first class swimming pool, it has led many people to believe that she may have drowned here. We have no record of anyone ever drowning on board the Queen Mary. So we still refer to this as a rumored drowning. To this day, we still not, cannot confirm whether she drowned here or not. Continue back up one deck. Question? Yes. You keep referring to the first class swimming pool. Is there a second <laughs> class swimming pool? There was. Does it still exist as an empty pool somewhere on board? No. What is there now? Well, a number of things. But in general, it's where the 4D theater is located today. Okay. This is the pool that's visible um, on the haunted Halloween event. Is that right? Mm -hmm. the, the, one of the mazes goes yeah, by a pool. It, it used to. Lullaby used to go through it. Last, last year it did not. Last, last year it did go by, but it was glass. Yeah, yeah. you could right. get as much of a view. Yes. And how did this famous uh, Jackie get her name? How was she named Jackie? If I recall correctly, that name was given to her by Peter James, one of our first psychic investigators on staff here. And how old was Jackie? We don't have a record, but people who have seen her generally claim that she's approximately six to eight years old. Okay. Any other questions? Do you know if Lullaby will be going by it again this year? Yet. Oh, so you don't know, not know it well. They, no, they don't know if right. it will or not. Then we will continue up again. Okay, we just visited the pool where the child ghost appears, and now we're going upstairs to, to another section of the Queen Mary. 
On occasion, guests as well as crew members on board the Queen Mary have reported it seeing what appears to be a woman wearing a long white gown. She's said to have very elegant features, but she always seems to have an air of sadness about her. A number of times, guests and crew members have reported seeing her reflection in the doors of our elevators over here on the port side. The most recent crew member who saw her in the reflective surface of the door quit because of it. As of this date, we have lost two crew members because they have seen her in the elevator. But she has been seen throughout the ship. We've had sightings of her in the third class lounge. We've had sightings of her in our first class lounge. There have been sightings of her just strolling the promenade deck. She's been seen in the lounge of Sir Winston's, the dining room of the Promenade Cafe, and also in some of our hotel rooms. So if anyone's staying on board, have fun. <laughs> this way, please. Is just... that who the character in the other maze is based upon, the one at the back of the show? Graceful Gale. Yes. Yes. And now we are going through another hallway of hotel rooms with the nice wooden walls and the carpet that has roses on it. And we are following the, the host of this tour. His name is Daniel. Are the rails original? Technically, no, but they were an early installation. See, when the Queen Mary was designed, it was believed that she was going to be the smoothest sailing ocean liner, that they did not even need to install hand railings throughout the corridors. They were wrong. In the winter of 1936, they quickly installed approximately 20 miles worth of Bakelite hand railings throughout the corridors due to the number of injuries that they had had during the first rough winter storm. Passengers on that first rough winter storm were actually riding home that they had fallen out of their beds on board. It was so rough. People getting knocked around at the Queen Mary because no rails. Now we're going into a locked room, and the sign says, crew members only. Thank you. It's my favorite door. <laughs> now, on our way to our next stop, we will be passing through last year's newest Dark Harbor edition, the Maze Feast. So, because this area is only utilized for our ghost tours and for Dark Harbor, the chef decided not to break down the kitchen and left it all out for you to see as we pass through here, making our way to the forward cargo areas. This way, please. And now we are going, we just walked through the creaky door, the creaky secret door where it says crew members only, and we are in, a, now it's a black hallway. And we were walking through a black hallway and I could feel wind on my face. And it's part of the Dark Harbor ha Halloween haunt mazes. And there's some scary stuff like dead bodies and, you know, like props for a scary maze. There's a, a chopped up pig. And there's a, it's like, yeah, this is pretty crazy, man. It's like a, a full on. Halloween hot type of maze. And we lo we just lost. We lost everyone. <laughs> They're dead. Oh, no, there they are. Okay. 
So now we're still walking through the the portion of the Queen Mary that has like a haunted maze. And the walls are all black. <laughs> Crawling through the oven. Oh, yeah. It was toasty. Yeah. I opted to walk around. Being a tour guide walking seven miles a day on board the ship, not good on my hands and knees. So, just want to warn you, steep staircase straight ahead, watch your step. Now we're going to go down a steep staircase. Whoa, it is steep. Whoa, this is steep, man. Be careful, everybody. This staircase looks like it was built in 1902. Whoa, now this hallway is all beat up looking. And we're... Um, now it's starting to get real dark, and there's giant rope on the ground. And we're now we're in a part of the ship that's kind of getting skinny, like a triangle. And the floor is like iron. And we're looking down a cage that has a long way down. We are now at the bow, the forward end, the front, commonly referred to as the pointy part of the ship. <laughs> this is the forward rope hold where they would store the ship's mooring lines, the ropes they would use to tie the ship off whenever she was in port. This also seems to be an area of tremendous residual energy. From one incident in particular, for those of you who may not understand what I mean by residual energy, in the classic sense of the word, it is not actually haunting, but an energy from a past event that has attached to its surroundings and seems to repeat over and over and over again. And throughout the Queen Mary, we do find we have a number of these residual energies on board. But the particular energy in this area, we tend to get sounds. A loud crash coming from the forward end of the ship sometimes followed by the sound of metal tearing, rivets popping, water rushing into the ship, and sometimes the sounds of men screaming for help. And those who have reported hearing these sounds can never figure out where exactly they're coming from, which is what leads us to believe that this is a residual energy from October 2nd of 1942. The Queen Mary, serving as a troop ship, was off the coast of Northern Ireland. She was following a zigzag cruising pattern, changing course every three to seven minutes to make her as difficult to target as possible. Guiding her towards Scotland was one of her escort cruisers, the HMS Curaçao. Now, the Curaçao cut across the Queen Mary's bow, and at approximately 2.12 that afternoon, there was a collision. The bow of the Queen Mary struck the Curaçao amidships. The Curaçao was cut in half. In one minute, both halves were engulfed in flames, and then five minutes sank. On board the Curaçao, there had been 338 crew members. Excuse me, 338 is the number of deaths from the Curaçao. There had been 439 crew members on board the Curaçao. Only 101 survived. 338 lost their lives. 
The Queen Mary did suffer severe structural damage in that collision. Her bow had caved in 11 feet, the damage extending below our water line. Her hull was breached, and she did take on water. It was able to make it safely into Scotland. They unloaded the ship there, pumped the water out of the lower cargo holds below us. They went down there to assess the damage, and it is rumored that they did discover some of the bodies of the crewmen from the Curacao inside the Queen Mary following that collision. But those sounds, they are believed to be connected to that horrific collision on October 2nd of 1942. Any questions about this area? No? We'll be exiting this area the same way that we came in. So again, please watch your step on the stairs. I'll get a repeat view of the dark harbor maze. <laughs> we are leaving the pointy section of the ship, which is the very end of the ship, and we are going to pass through to go back to the super steep stairway. And then we're trying, I guess we're going on to the next station. We have escaped the creaky door. reported that when he entered this area of the ship from the hotel corridor on the starboard side approaching the third class main staircase he saw what appeared to be a gentleman dressed entirely in black walking up the last few steps of the stairs he said that there was nothing out of the ordinary about this until that man in black reached the top of the stairs and suddenly vanished well the tour guide did mention this to one of our supervisors later that day the supervisor informed him that he had seen a ghost commonly referred to as the man in black and explained that the third class main staircase was where two of the Queen Mary's passengers had lost their lives. It is the steepest passenger stairway on board this ship. It's also located toward the bow, the forward end. It's where the roughest ride was. This area would be rising and then falling with every single wave in the North Atlantic so it was not uncommon for passengers walking up or down the stairs to lose their footing, tumble down the stairs, and two of them did not survive their injuries. It is generally believed that this man in black was one of those passengers. There have been over two dozen reported sightings of him on this section of the third-class main staircase here in Long Beach. The tour guide who reported seeing him back in 2012 still works on board the ship. He still does tours. He tells his tour groups about his experience in the third person. <laughs> and that is going to conclude your little experience of haunted encounters. If you enjoyed the tour, my name is Daniel. If you did not, it is Tiffany. But now I hand you over to our Director of Attractions, Mr. T.C. Knoe. Thank you, Daniel. You're welcome. So the tour that you had tonight, a very, very brief sample um, of our Haunted Encounters tour, typically lasts about an hour on the ship. And it's what we offer during the day with our Glory Day tour. Uh, and it runs up until about the early evening hours. 
Um, for a more expanded tour of our haunted encounters, we have a shipwalk nighttime tour, and that lasts approximately two hours. And it takes you to additional rooms on the ship, including all the way to the back of the ship, the stern, uh, what we call the isolation ward. Uh, and there's some additional rooms that you can see, and of course, many more stories that are shared because you're on a two-hour tour. That typically starts at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, depending on what day of the week. And um, it doesn't require an additional admission to the ship. Your, your ticket for that particular tour at night covers your admission to the ship for that evening, and it's roughly just around $46 per person. If you want to add something a little bit more of a flair to it, you can do Dining with the Spirits, which actually adds dinner at Sir Winston's before that shipwalk nighttime tour. So it's a great, nice little added touch. We've had uh, folks who find it rather romantic uh, to do a paranormal shipwalk tour at night and do the Dining with the Spirits prior to that. And then um, we have, uh, of course, what you just had earlier tonight, a very, very small sample of the paranormal investigation, uh, 30 minutes compared to what is normally a three to four hour experience. Uh, that is on Friday through Sunday nights. Friday and Saturday nights, it begins at 11 p.m. on Sunday nights at 10 p.m. And it can run until two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, if Matt feels that the group is getting activity, he will not interrupt it, he'll keep going. And sometimes, in certain cases, it's gone as late as 4 a.m. in the morning. Um, and that one is really uh, actually not not a bad price at all, it's $82 per person. Um, this card is gonna be in a nice little nifty uh, bag that they're gonna hand you as a thank you gift, so you'll have that all in there as well. So these are some of our larger paranormal type haunted, uh, you know, inspired tours. Of course, during the daytime, um, when we're done with some work that we're doing in the boiler rooms right now, uh, hopefully in May, our Ghosts and Legends tour will return. And that is our 30-minute, more entertainment-based uh, experience of a tour uh, going through the boiler rooms and some of our other decks, actually not too far around us, below us, uh, that leads you down to the boiler room. And uh, while it is based on three of our actual stories on the ship, like I said, it is filled with special effects, so it is more of an entertainment-based tour. So very fun. In fact, you can come back and even see Daniel on that as well, because uh, he does lead that tour from time to time. Um, so I, I hope that you enjoyed your evening here tonight. Um, you're the first group to be done, so you certainly can relax in the Carpathia room. If you have any additional questions, I'm around, Daniel's around. Of course, all of the wonderful people from ACE are around to answer any of your questions. So um, I hope you enjoyed your night. So that was the presentation of the Queen Mary.